I'm Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. It's Ben and Paige again here, and today we are talking about networking. I think that one of the most common things that I hear from people is that it's lonely to own a business, and uh, like you don't have peers when you're at the top. It's not like you always have like people that you can go and talk to about things because you're ultimately you're the decision maker, and you're the one who's like you know make your the buck stops with you, and you know it's it can be kind of lonely. The experience is that you know you don't always feel like you have someone that you can turn to, to talk about a problem that you're going through or a challenge or whatever. And, uh, and so I really, I think, um, having a conversation about making it easier and more inevitable to build a network and a supportive group of peers and mentors and colleagues that you can talk to, to help you feel more connected in the world is really useful. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you, Paige. Yeah, me too. Awesome. What, what gets in the way for people? What do you think gets in the way for people of, of having the experience of having a really well-connected network? The first thought that comes to my mind is that we as a society are so much more transient than we have been in the past where we mm. finished high school and we had built a community there with our family and friends. And then we go to college and then we establish a new community and then we get a job and we go to a different place. I, you and I both have lived multiple states, Tons. multiple cities. I think up until now, I moved every two years um, or less. And so I think where networks used to live geographically, we're now figuring out how to create them in online spaces, especially when, like for you and me, our business is not geography bound. And so it actually is really great for us to be networking with people in all across the world, really. And so then how do you... I mean, I guess like one way to think about a network is a group of people who are in collaboration. But when that group is not bound by a geographic location, like how do you kind of facilitate it, grow it, find it, make it a valuable space to be like finding opportunities to collaborate, find mentorship, get questions answered, all of that. Yeah. And I I think that's really, I think that's really nice point is that we do we do have more of a global community now in general i think we're just getting decentralized because of the internet and it's been happening since the internet has been happening and so now we have kind of different challenges that we're facing and while it it, it does still feel really satisfying to meet up with people we were just talking about you know the um what was business and brews that we used to do that local event and how people are clamoring for that because it was really nice to have that kind of like a local meetup that happened and that's really awesome. There's something really amazing about having a local community and, you know, being able to hug somebody is beautiful. You know what I mean? 
And the thing that is available on the internet that is not available necessarily in your local community is the values alignment that you can find on the internet. Like you, because, because you can connect with every other person on the planet on the internet, I think there's something really to be said for connecting with people who really share your core values. And then we get to like co-create a world in which those shared values are like the core tenets of what we're doing and, and what we're up to. And, and, you know, if you, I'm using, using core values in a very particular way. If you're not familiar with how we talk about it, you can go back and check out our core values episode or we, or our values based communication episode. But ultimately core values are the, are, are fundamental drivers. These are not things like a lot of people talk about like religious values or family values, things like that. That's not how I'm using this. I do mean like things like for us, it's growth, connection, play, authenticity, things like that, that um, are these abstract universal intrinsic characteristics. So what is available to us on the internet is that we can connect with people like that about about the things that are the most important to us and most meaningful and that like actually create the feeling of fulfillment in the world. And I think that's actually really special. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think there are a lot of opportunities in being able to connect with people all over. Yeah. Which is not to say, again, that the local community isn't useful and has its value. And you can find people who are very values aligned in your local community. It's just that it's necessarily going to be more limited than what you can find on the internet. Because mm -hmm. The pool only, is bigger. Yeah, exactly. Not only is the pool bigger, but also you can literally find people based on values. Search, searchable criteria. Yeah, exactly. But I just mean like, I, I almost think of it, there, there being all these people, you know, almost like raindrops and rivers. And what the internet does is it like it has these channels that people can kind of gravitate to if they're if they feel values aligned with them or they feel connected to them. And so you'll find these like these flowing rivers of people that um, that are valued that are aligned around, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is, you know what I mean? People like country music over here and people like to talk politics over here and people are really into philosophy over here and, you know, people like sewing, and you know, crafting or whatever. So. So I just think that there are a lot of opportunities available and it's really cool. I, I get really excited about it. And it, it's, it has this like double-edged sword thing that happens because there's so much opportunity because there's so much, uh, there was a book written actually called the paradox of choice. It's like almost like the more choices you have, the less satisfying it is when you make a choice because you're, you know, you're necessarily like cutting, you're not, you're saying no to a bunch of other things when you're saying yes to something. And then there's always that like, well, am I missing out on something else that I could have said yes to? Um, and so it's got that like a little bit of a double-edged sword. So let's talk about what do we, what do we do? I, I, I do think that there are some other things that are worth mentioning that get in the way for people. I do think insecurity and, um, you know, social anxiety, I, I point to that as something that, you know, very frequently gets in the way of people. And by the way, if you experience social anxiety, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That just means that you're human, really. Very few people, I think, don't experience at least some level of social anxiety, you know. And I think there's a really solid evolutionary reason for that. You know, we, we, uh, if we got, if our ancestors got kicked out of the tribe, we, they died. They didn't get to keep participating. They didn't get to pass on their genes, that sort of thing. So, so I think that makes really clear sense. We don't want to get expelled from the tribe and to put ourselves in situations where we risk getting rejected it can like touch that piece of our, you know, our uh, amygdala and, and, and we can get afraid that we might get rejected from the tribe as a whole, you know, and nowadays with like cancel culture and things like that always being a <laughs> yeah. possibility, 
I think that's something that that people get nervous around doing about being visible and being present online. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I also think that there's an embedded in us. I mean, if we're talking about like evolutionary psychology, that we had to develop with an ability to look at a face and establish is this a friend or foe because we were competing for resources and we would like fight each other. And so it seems like it's like a really natural thing. I experience it. I think everybody experiences it to some degree, um, but it definitely gets in the way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I know, you know, when I was redeveloping my social skills, that was like the number one thing was that I was like, Oh my God, I gotta go talk to strangers. <laughs> totally. Oh. I think maybe not all of our listeners might not know, but Ben had a traumatic brain injury in his, when he was in college and it ruined all of his social skills. He literally had to learn them from the ground up and yeah, lots of anxiety from that. Yeah. And just overcoming that social anxiety that it's just yeah. like, it was so nervous making to, to interact with individuals. And, um, and I would just like, it would be like every, like pulling teeth, everything I could do to just go up and like say hi to some people. And then I, I would be like, okay, well, you guys have a good night. And I'd leave. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember I did that for a long time because, you know, the approach is an opportunity to get rejected. Having a conversation with somebody is an opportunity to get rejected. And then what's, what's really interesting for me to notice now is that the longer the time scale that I know someone, like the deeper the wound of the rejection winds up being, you know? So it's like, so it's like really long-term relationships have almost like their own particular kind of social anxiety that can happen. Uh, you know, not, not that it's as obvious and it's certainly not as immediate of a feeling, but, um, but it's its own particular kind. So I think it's worth giving a little bit of, um, you know, service to, that there is a part of you that's trying to protect you from social rejection and, uh, and that's normal. And we can, we can navigate around it in the world. <laughs> totally. So we're yeah. talking about networking. One of the things you mentioned was network as far as community mentorship, addressing the sense of loneliness. But I think there's also a lot of emphasis when I hear about networking around me around connecting with people for the sake of connecting with clients. So like as a client acquisition strategy, mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on that. Yeah, totally. So I, I think, and in, in today it's really relevant because if you're a business owner in this world, you're probably, you probably get hit up all the time, constantly inundated with outbound messages and people are trying to sell you on something. And you know, sometimes it's like the perfect thing and you're just like, it was exactly what you were looking for. But a lot of times it just feels really weary, wearisome and, and kind of like exhausting. And, you know, I can't delete you fast enough. And I think people are really sensitive to, to not want to be coming across that way in the world for at least a lot of our, our people. And like my, you know, the, my business owners that I talk to all the time, they don't want to be salesy or pushy, that sort of thing. And that's like a big story that's coming up. And I think that that's like a really useful thing to remember is that we don't want that. We don't want to be salesy and we don't want to be pushy. And my invitation, especially around client acquisition, that sort of thing is like, look, you, if it's feeling like it's pushy or especially in the early stages where you're like trying to quote unquote, sell someone on something, first of all, you can just do away with that language. We'll do a different podcast on, on selling and selling language. And I think we might have 
already even done one. We've done, um, yeah, we've done an episode on that. <laughs> okay, great. Um, but you can just do away with that like salesy, pushy feeling because really there's some criteria of people that are really valuable for you to work with and it would be really valuable for them and it'd be really valuable for you. That's not everyone, okay? And so in general, thinking about sales, I think it's really more of an exploration of like what's going on, what are your challenges, what's what's the problems that you're facing? And then as you really start to understand your market, you can move more and more into static sales pages and copy that that addresses all these things that you know your people want to hear um, and want to in order to be connected and feel connected to you. Um, so that said, when we're thinking about this outreach and and the kind of the the client acquisition process, an a way to think about this that I think is really resourceful is to think about as just connecting with humans. Like you don't know, you don't know if they're a good fit or not. When you're going to meet somebody, you really truly can't know that about them. Even if you think you know a lot about them because of what you've seen in the media or on their social feeds or whatever, like you can never really know what's going on inside somebody's head. So um, my mom used to always say, Benjamin, like I'd get, this is when I had social anxiety when I was little, <laughs> she would say, then just treat them like they're people, honey, just treat them like they're people. And I always thought that was really good advice. Um, which to me, what that meant was, look, they're, they're a person, they, you know, in a, in a more PC way, put their pants on one leg at a time. And in a, in a more Benji way, they're going to shit their pants when they die. And everybody, everybody, uh, everybody is just a human. They're going through their own stuff. I like, I promise nobody is problem free. Everybody is living in a world where, you know, we're, we're navigating the kind of the midpoint between all that we have accomplished to this point, but then all that we still want to accomplish, which is going to live on the horizon. So just keeping that kind of thing in mind when you're approaching people and that you have no idea what someone is up to. And then, and then think about it from the other side. Like if somebody approached you and they felt, and they were really values aligned, you really, and what, how that feels when somebody's really values aligned is that you really like them a lot right? It just feels good to be around someone. That's nice. That's a, that's a good feeling. When you find somebody, if somebody were to approach you and then you found out through your conversations and through the course of inter interactions that, um, that you really liked them a lot, wouldn't you be glad that they had come and interacted with you in the first place? <laughs> right? That seems like just obvious. And so, um, you know, and then as far as sales are concerned, there's the, the old adage, all things being equal, people choose, uh, people choose to do business with their friends. And then all things being unequal, people still choose to do business with their friends. So like one way I think of, of networking, even for a sales per person, um, purpose for a sales purpose, I think it's really useful to think like, let's just forget about sales for now and just get to know somebody else and see what are you up to in the world? What do you care about? What's important to you right now? What's important to you in general? Do I like you? Do it, you know? Cause the other thing is like, if you're selling something to someone, presumably you're helping them with something, right? Is this the kind of person that you want to help? Even if they're like ready to buy right now and they have money and they'll throw it at you. You know what I mean? Is it the kind of person that you want to help? And if you just met them, chances are you don't really know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't help Hitler. Yeah, you wouldn't help Hitler. You wouldn't help Hitler. Exactly. I mean, well, you might, but if you're if, if you would help Hitler, values. you probably you probably aren't listening to this podcast if you're the kind of person that would help Hitler, right? Oh, that's so funny. Right. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Like, like a little tongue-in-cheek way to think about it. But really, like that, that is an extreme example, but a really useful one to think of. Like everybody isn't, you know, that's something I hear a lot from early stage business owners. It's just like, well, everyone could use my my service, my product. Everyone could use it. And it's like, well, Hitler, would you would you sell it to Hitler? <laughs> no? Okay. So not everyone then. So like let's find where the line is. What do you actually care about? What's in and this I to me, this goes back to the values conversation, right? Like what is important to you in the world? What do you care about? Yeah. So what do you think when you are using word network, like what are you talking about specifically? Like what it like an I maybe even like an ideal network, what would that like facilitate? What would it entail? Yeah, I, I love this question so much. I've been thinking about it a lot lately because we're, you know, we're uh, really dialing up the mindset gym. And and the minds for me, the value of the mindset gym, which is our group kind of coaching offering is, is the network. I mean, yes, we're doing concepts. We're like helping people twice a month to like learn mindsets and strategies and like think about the world in a different way so that it gets more resourceful. And that's useful. Like the coaching piece is really useful. The education piece is really useful, but more than that, far more than that is being connected with a values aligned group of people who are all up to something in the world and are wanting to be making progress and are like leveraging a community to be making progress. So they're like, and if you're all values aligned, then you're willing to help each other. So the way that I've been kind of thinking about this lately is, uh, you know, I love that game seven, is it six degrees, seven degrees of, six degrees <laughs> of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. I, I, for whatever reason, I used to always know, but uh, for whatever reason, it's been getting confused in my mind lately, but let's call it six degrees of Kevin Bacon. You know, the idea that you can connect Kevin Bacon to any other movie and any other actor in Hollywood through a series of six degrees of connection. So, you know, Kevin Bacon was in this movie with this person and then they were in that movie with that person. And then ultimately you can get to any other actor. That's like the theory because Kevin Bacon's been in so many movies. But I think this is a really useful thing to think about because what we're, what we're really talking about is actually like the order of magnitude of movies. Cause you could probably play that game with just about any actor in Hollywood. If you knew, if you had the data, if you really knew who, they were and what movies they had been in. And you could like think about all of, because what we're talking about is a factorial problem. Every movie that you're in has how many other actors in it? You know what I mean? And then each one of those actors has been in every other movie that they've been in. And in every single one of those movies, they've had all the other actors. And so if you, if you think about this, like we're, we're really not much more than six or seven degrees disconnected from every person on the planet. Right. And so one way to think about uh, building a, a network is to think about like the nodes of your network and who they're all connected to as well. Um, so one of the ways I've been thinking about this lately is like you've got your like everybody right now, everybody who's listening to this, just think about the answer to this question. How many people right now do you think that you could if you needed to and you were in a strange city and that person lived in that city, you could call them up? And they would feed you and give you a place to sleep if you needed to, right? So that number is not is probably non-zero for every single person who is listening to my words right now, okay? Those people who would feed you and shelter you, those people, they care about you. They, they love you in some, whatever your, you know, your meaning of the word love is, but they, in some ways, they love you, Right? And so that is like your, that is like a close inner circle, people who would feed you and shelter you, right? And spend time with you, right? 
Um, and even that might not be the deepest level of connection because there might be people that would feed you, clothe you. And also like you'd be well, they'd say, you know, you'd be welcome anytime. Literally, I would never have a problem any place I go. You know, we've got our short list of people that if I am somewhere, I would spoon you. You can come cuddle me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like we you have a place to sleep. Even if I only have a narrow bed page, you're like shaking your head. You know, I am. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Yeah. Um, so, so there's those people. And so if we think about our network as like being nodes of people, like if you bring people into your inner circle, now, like we all have also probably, you know, some number of people that we've met, right? Some number of people who we've met and we know their name and they know our name, but we don't know a ton more about them. Right. And then there's some level of intimacy where, you know, we, we would take a call from them. You know what I mean? And they, they might not be welcome to like crash, you know, or, or eat our food, but like we would probably be willing to take a call from them at some point if they had some kind of problem or challenge that they were facing or something like that. Right. Or we'd spread the word about something that they were up to in the world. Right. And so I really like to think of the network as being this, like just this web of interconnections that people have. And the kind of like the closeness of those connections and the closer you get to someone, because I really like web because it also brings up like neurons, the thoughts of like neurons, right? And so it's like when one neuron connects to another neuron, it also brings all the other neurons that it is connected to into that connection. And then the closer that the connection gets, like the more those, the more interconnected those neurons get. And this is the way that a network works. It's like the closer your network gets, the more likely you are to have access to their second degree, third degree, fourth degree connections in the world. And that is why I just, I start to think about like what's possible. You know what I mean? Like any resource that you want in the world, you know, anyone that you want to connect with, anything that you're up to and you like need a skill set or you need like some kind of capability, really imagine that you are no more than two, three or four layers of connection deep from that person, that skill, that resource, whatever it is. And if that person, if you were on that person's shortlist and you could crash at their house, like if you knew them well enough to, to be that, then you'd have access to that resource, even if you don't have mm -hmm. it right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I feel really clear about how you're thinking about network. What does it take to create what you're talking about right now? Yeah. Well, one is I think courage. I think it's really important to, um, to sort of gird thy loins and, and prepare yourself to, you know, go face that. The, the way to get this network is not to avoid the experience of social anxiety, but to go through the experience of social anxiety. And so just imagine that you're going to just change your relationship with what that means. Cause I will say on like on the other side of all this social work, socializing work that I've done, like I had that crippling social anxiety. Like I couldn't even get out of the car sometimes to go into a bar because I was like so nervous about just like walking through the door. Right. And now I feel pretty comfortable in my ability to just like walk into a room and talk to anybody about anything that I want to. Not, you're shaking your head again. I was just, it's just like a funny random anecdote, but whenever we go to target, I like to just ask Ben very nicely to push me around in the cart. It's like, getting a ride around target. It's like my dream. And there was that one day where we were, you were pushing me around on the cart and you made like a car noise at that girl and you like mimed like you were going to run her over. And it was just like yeah. imagining you be 
have crippling anxiety is just so distant <laughs> from moments like that. that I just have to chuckle a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty funny because now I get to be like full, fully express in every part of the world. And that happened though, because, and you know, you know, the escalator thing that I did, and mm-hmm, that was like mm-hmm. something that I think was re- really important. And by the way, if you're, if you're listening, this is an exercise that you can do. And is it going to make you nervous as shit? Yes. Okay. But here, here's a thing that you can do if you're having social anxiety that can help you to get through and crack that social anxiety, go to a local department store, a busy one. Okay. Cause otherwise it'll take a long time and stand at the bottom of the down escalator in that department store. And then ask every single person. I, for me, it was like, I was trying to get dates. So I like, I was trying to get over the social anxiety of talking to girls. And so I asked every single woman that came down that every single woman who came down the escalator, if they wanted to go get coffee with me. And the point was not to get coffee with someone. The point was to survive, to get a hundred no's. That was the game that I was playing. It was like, how do I get a hundred no's? And, and then what happens? And like the first like five were like, Ugh, I was like, oh, I'm going to go take a break and get some water. Oh, I'm going to go. Yeah. You know, I, 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 did, I did the same thing and I was like, all right, cool. And then I walked around the mall for like 45 minutes and I was like, I'm right. going to find the perfect place where there will be enough people. It was so awkward. It was exactly. excruciating. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, so you stand at the bottom of the down escalator. You want to go get coffee? No. You want to go get coffee? No. How about you? You want to go get coffee? Like it was literally every single person. I, it was, I got a hundred no's in a row, sadly. Um, but also great. Cause like the thing is like after, you know, after like 20 or 30, like actually kind of started to get a little fun. Like I was just like playing with it or whatever. And, um, not still not doing that effectively, but the thing is, the point of it is not even to get the hundred no's, but it's to become the kind of person who can get a hundred no's. Because once you've gotten a hundred no's in a row, in my case, <laughs> then I like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, like something shifts inside me, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, each no doesn't matter because there is, the, and this is the thing I think is really cool about the hundred number is because there's that's just so many people that you start to like really start to understand that there is an infinite number of people that is coming down that escalator. And so now like I think of that in every social interaction, no matter who I'm talking to, no matter you know what I'm saying, I could not fuck it up bad enough to ruin my chances at having the experience that I want to have in the world. Because literally I could never even, I could never even wave at all 8 billion people on the planet right? Much less actually have an interaction with them. So there is literally in a very real, very uh, powerful way, an infinite number of human beings that you have the possibility of connecting with. So um, I think that takes off some of the pressure, makes it feel a little bit more like a video game. Uh, and I really like that for for strengthening one's social capacity for over overcoming social anxiety. And then once you overcome the social anxiety part, like what is the like tactical, like what do you do to Mm. grow your network? Great. So there's like so many, I mean, we can brainstorm here. We can talk about a few because the answer will be whatever works for you. Okay. So I truly believe in you and your ability to know where you could meet people because you're the one whose values align with you. So I'll give you some of mine, my favorite preferred ways or ways that I've discovered, but everybody listening, do what you will with this because your answers are going to come from inside you. You'll have the answers to these, but I love networks. I like finding networks of other people 
that already exists. So that's really beautiful. Finding them around values alignment. Okay, Meetup is really cool because they did this thing where they like built an app where you can go and find people who are like interested in the same kinds of things that you are. And if you're interested in the same kinds of things, you might also have the same kinds of values. For example, I go to a, a strategy game meetup and the people there, I know they're interested in strategy games. So I can be all but certain that strategy is a value of them. But hey, guess what? Strategy is a value of mine. I'm, I, I really love strategy. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. It's meaningful for me, right? And then like I, and, and also people who like strategy, a lot of times they overlap with business people, people who like business, right? And so like I get to go hang out with Adrian tomorrow and we're going to play strategy games and we're going to talk business and it, well, won't that be a delightful Saturday? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, so finding places where people are congregating around some activity that you really enjoy is a great way to get yourself kicked off finding people that in values alignment. Mm-hmm. So that's one way. Okay. What about you? You got any ideas? I was thinking about the same thing. I really enjoy kind of like book clubs talking about personal development topics is the growth is one of my highest values. But something that I've been leaning into lately is just kind of noticing when I've pedestalized people and put them as like a tier that like noticing that when I do that, that's actually a really good signal that I like it would benefit me to reach out to that person. Because I'm, I'm, I'm holding them up and I'm like saying like these, they have qualities that I really admire and I want to have in my sphere. And so for me, it's been not really like the social anxiety, but like the self-belief that I am also embodying enough of those characteristics to be worthy to sit across from that person. And I think this is super empowering to be leaning into, um, just because I think it's exciting to start getting into conversations with people that I'm like stoked. Right. And I feel like, I feel like that is kind of what the mindset gym is. Like a lot of the women and there's a couple men in there too, but the people that are in the mindset gym are, I mean, and it makes sense because most of them are your, like almost all of them are your clients. And so of course they would be values lined with me because I'm also very values lined with you, but start imagining myself like getting in this room with these women that I really, really admire and are doing really cool shit and start like being excited about that instead of telling myself the story that I don't really belong in that room. Yeah. And that's, and that I think is like that for me, that is the essence of that social anxiety is like, oh, I don't really belong here. I'm going to be bothering them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't take up your time. I don't have value to add here. You're the expert, right. not me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was that, all that social anxiety work for me was like being like, oh yeah, like on the one hand, like I couldn't screw it up enough. And on the other hand, like I actually, it's okay for me to do this. It's okay for me to be exactly where I am and go and have these conversations. And who knows? And then like what happens over time is that you like start to realize that actually you do have stuff to talk about. You like every person actually really does have areas of expertise and things that they're because because really remember the things that we like about other people are values aligned so you don't have to be good at things or like skilled at things or have some sort of like value in that way you really can just like care about the same things and then we like to hang out with people who care about the same things as us and it feels good and so that in its in and of itself is a value that we bring to interactions right which is not to say, yes, do the, the personal work to realize your value in all the other ways, but also like recognize that it doesn't take that to do it. You know what I mean? So really you, uh, great, great point page. 
and, and that's in the mindset gym. What we'll be doing at the next mindset gym is, uh, a courageous kind of connection project as well. So this is another way that I, I really encourage. Like I, I like to think of it like one way is like a market research project or a curious conversations project, but just something where you're like, you're going out and you're talking to people that you would not otherwise talk to. And you're saying like, Hey, like, and you're going to get no's. That's, that's part and parcel of the game. And no's can look like outright no's, but more often they'll look like just nobody will respond or they won't respond to you or whatever. And so we're going out, we're, we're intentionally deliberately going and reaching out to people and saying like, Hey, look, I like you. I think, I think I would like you. I don't know for sure, but like, do you have any interest in having a conversation? And obviously there's ways that we can wordsmith smith that and make the copy a little bit better. But that's the essence of what we're saying is like, Hey, you seem interesting to me. You know, like this, like, kids have no problem doing this. It's so funny to watch kids like want to be friends, like just like walk over and like want to be friends. And then like, we're friends now and like walk around and like parade. And I think that's like a really beautiful thing that happens, but like that's available to we adults as well. You know? Totally. Cool. Cool. Great conversation. Yeah. Great conversation. Any final thoughts? Yeah. I guess it would be interesting to hear like high level. What are some of the values that we're seeing of the people in the mindset gym, just to give people who might be interested in joining an idea of if that might be a space for them to feel really excited about being in. Totally. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, it is built around values. That's the whole point of it was to like, how do I get people that I really fucking like in the same room? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the, those values for me, like quickly named are growth, connection, play, authenticity. I think curiosity is a, is a, an important one. Um, I think like, you know, kind of passion, but passion is, you know, both a feeling and a value, I think, but really like, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing people who have like good hearts. They're wanting to like do some kind of good in the world. And that doesn't mean necessarily that they have like a mission driven brand, but it just means that they like, they care about other people. Like they really, they're motivated by compassion and kindness and they're, they're definitely like wanting to grow and, and build, build better and better versions of themselves and then show up, you know, like our tagline at loose shift is like, know thyself, grow thyself, show thyself. And I think that's like people that are in there are like willing to be on that journey together, you know, like that journey of self-exploration, the journey of like self cultivation, and then the journey of like self-expression with other people. And so that's what we're seeing. Yeah. So if that sounds like you, come on, let us know. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll have you apply for the mindset gym to see if you, um, if, uh, you, you'd, you'd fit, you'd fit in with the crew. All right, Paige, thank you so much for this conversation. You thank rock. you. You rock. Yeah. And thanks all you for listening. Live your freedom. Love your life. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.